Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, let's talk about eternity, church. Are you ready today? Hope you have your Bibles, and uh, welcome back. Uh, if you joined us for Easter, and uh, you, this is week two of your Citizen Heights um, a journey, if you will, uh, we believe you're part of the family already. We want to welcome you here today, here at our Tenleytown campus. Of course, over at our Dulles campus, you're looking fantastic this morning, too. And uh, who is that? beautiful woman in the front row with that amazing outfit like her outfit today is I just wish we were live streaming back and forth so I could see it again and uh, we love you Dulles campus and uh, we love you online campus give yourself a screen name if you're online join us but if if you're coming back for from Easter experience uh, we're jumping into a new series today and we love the Bible here at Citizen Heights don't we And so we're going to go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And as we begin a new series uh, entitled Eternity Ever After, and I gave it a subtitle. So if you like to take notes and and like to kind of get the context, I'm a bucket guy. I got to have buckets with titles on it for every idea, uh, or I don't know how to sort information. And so if you want uh, a title for today, we're talking about an eternal perspective. Poke your neighbor, say eternity. So we're going to talk about eternal perspective, eternity ever after. And um, the subtitle I, I want to use for this entire series is reprioritizing your life for the afterlife. Reprioritizing your life for the afterlife. And the Bible has more than you might think to say on the topic of eternity. It has a lot to say about what eternity and forever looks like. But there's a lot of fake news about eternity out there, right? You might have grown up watching cartoons and somebody would would get hit by the anvil or fall off the cliff. And all of a sudden they'd uh, become this ethereal type outline and they'd float up and instantly have wings. And, and uh, that was kind of like, you know, beginning this depiction of what eternity might look like, but there's a lot of fake news. In eternity, you don't become an angel. In eternity, you don't get wings. In eternity, you, you won't be, you know, strumming harps just all day. Uh, I, I suppose you probably could strum a harp if you want to. I'm not hating on the harp demographic, but, but uh, it, it, eternity can be I think it can be an intimidating thought. I'm just going to be, you know, from my perspective, just as a human, just natural, finite, uh, personally for me, it can be an, an intimidating thought because I like variety and I like the unexpected and I like spontaneity. And uh, what is it that we're going to be doing forever? You know what I mean? And, and I think one of the reasons it's intimidating is we think uh, eternity will be like church right? That's an intimidating thought. Because some of you can hardly get through a 27-minute message. And I say 27 minutes in faith, of course, as I always do. 
You know, and you think, oh my gosh, e- eternity? Like, because that's what people, like, you like church? Eternity is going to be one big church service. And you go, oh, really? <laughs> Anything else? Like, fantasy football or, you know, nature walks, dirt bikes, chainsaws, things with engines, you know, activities, social engagements, and it can be intimidating when you think, you know, I think one of the reasons it's intimidating is, is we think it's just like this never-ending church experience, you know, and I think, well, who's doing nursery, you know, <laughs> for, for eternity? Uh, do we, do we do nursery now so you don't have to do it then? No, it doesn't work like that, right? And who's displaying lyrics in this never-ending church experience? Pro presenter up there. I mean, we can hardly display lyrics in one language. What are we going to do when we have to have 240 languages and we're all singing at the same time, right? Will there be technical snafus in the never-ending church experience in heaven? Will the sound men get it right, right? Like, of course, uh, a never-ending church service is not exactly uh, an inspiring thought. And more importantly, it's not a biblical thought. Okay, so, so uh, the good news is eternity is better than church. In eternity, you will have a physical glorified body. In eternity, there will be a perfect society, a new heaven, a new earth, a holy city. And remember what, why God created us originally, right? God created us originally and created the world originally for relationship, relationships are a value to the Godhead and uh, relationship with him, relationship with one another, and to enjoy the perfection of creation. So new heaven, new earth, new body. Mine's going to be 6-6, dunk with ease. I already reserved that one. Uh you know, new, new heaven, new earth, new body, new nature, new reality, all perfect. Can I tell you, you won't get bored in heaven. But before we dive into all that fun stuff of, will, will my pets be there? I hope so. I'm a dog lover. Some of you would lose respect if you heard, heard me um, talk to my dogs. Have you been around somebody who talks to their dogs? And you're like, yeah, you don't want to go public. We don't want to see that on the airwaves, you know, and we have all these questions. Will, will our pets be there? What about the loved ones we have? Will we recognize them? Will we know them? Uh, all these questions, a lot of fun stuff we're going to get into over the next few weeks. But uh, before we do that, today is really a, a prelude, if you will. Um, it's an introduction to the series that precedes, and I, and I hope prepares for what's to follow in the coming weeks as we talk about eternity ever after. All of us want to think that we are uh, living life the way it's meant to be, right? In light of eternity. All of us want to think that we're living life with this balanced view that the here and now is not all that there is, but there is an ever after. Uh, But the evidence is that many of us aren't, and I include myself, uh, I, I see evidence as I sit with people in those life-defining moments of disappointment and distraction and anger and confusion and loneliness and, and bitterness and grief. And you sit with people in those defining moments. The, the man who lost his job and then in the midst of it lost himself. The woman who wanted more out of that marriage 
and is now filled with disappointment and a sense of regret. That person who's struggling to find motivation, find peace, find wholeness, find fulfillment, find purpose. And you sit with people and I can't help but think that what would help me in the here and now if I somehow had a filter that contemplates the ever after. Like, if, if, if we had a filter that contemplated the ever after and included what, what we will call the doctrine of eternity, what the Bible says and what God says about eternity, it would help us in the here and now. And, and so what I'm calling that is the eternal perspective. And so we're talking about an eternal perspective today because we suffer from uh, eternity amnesia sometimes, I think. You know what I mean? As if the life right here, right now, is all that there is. And because we think it's all that there is, we leverage everything for the here and now. We put all of our hope in the here and now. We live and die on the here and now. Uh, our, our, our sense of accomplishment and success rises and falls on what happens here and now. Our sense of justice feels either fulfilled or frustrated in the here and now. Because we've, we have eternity amnesia. Nobody's going to help me preach today. But I bet you Dulles is helping me. <laughs> the Bible tells us that the last chapter, the last chapter of death, really isn't the last chapter of God's story. Death is not the last chapter in God's story. The present life is not all that there is. There is an eternity on the other side of this life. And, and once you believe in a biblical eternity and, and live with it in view, not only will you understand things that you've never understood, but you would live differently, knowing what is hanging in the balance. Now, eternity is one of those things, it's, it's tough to grasp, it's tough to define, it's, you know, we, you might think eternity is a really, 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 really long time. But eternity is more than a really, 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 really long time. Eternity is the absence of time. The construct of time that is rigid and regulates our, our existence right now will be no more. The construct of time will dissolve and eternity will be being forever. So you can't even put it on a timeline. You can't even strike a hash mark and say, okay, here, in the beginning, God created, and then here, we got some dinosaurs, Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then the judges come, Ruth does this, and then on and on. And you go, okay, so this is a timeline of eternity, but you can't timeline eternity because eternity is outside of time. So it's really one of those things that it, it's tough for us to even get our, wrap our gray matter around. It's very elusive. So I want you to ask yourself today, what if human beings were created to live forever? What if eternity is hardwired inside of us? What if you can't make sense of this life without view of eternal life? Right? And what if this life is preparation and qualification for a final destination. We live like this is the point. But this is the preparation. And what if this life decides our consequences then or our rewards then? Wow. Are you ready? 
Let's get to Ecclesiastes 3. You had a moment to, to find it. Of course, you can open the church, uh, Citizen Heights Church app and, and uh, follow along in our, in our app notes. Team will put this up so we can kind of see it all together. But Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Say time. There's time. God works within the const- constructs of time. He's working in your life and in my life, and, and, but we only have so much time before time is no longer time, and it turns into eternity. So it says he's made everything beautiful in his time, and, and so God's working in us right now within the confines, but it goes on to say he has also set eternity in the human heart. He's put it in there. He's designed us with eternity as, as part of the fabric of our being. And then it says, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. It's, it's tough to fathom it. It's tough, tough to grasp it. But eternity is hard to grasp. It's hard to fathom. Because, because uh, we, we live in such a time-aware world, and we think, you know, our 70 years, our 80 years, don't eat too much sugar and grains and, and, and seeds and maybe 90 years, right? We think that that 70, 80, 90 years is what we get. But that's not the foreverness that God created us in mind for. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has set eternity in our heart. We're built with a receiver that picks up on the frequency of eternity, even now when we're living in a temporal reality. We're picking up a frequency of eternity even beyond. We're, we're forever people, and it's the way we were designed. That's why there's, there's discontent and frustration many times, because we have eternity in our heart. Remember how Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were created for a perfect state of existence, They were created in a world where there would not be the frustration of disappointment. There would not be the inconsistencies of God's goodness, yet man's depravity. And so at every turn, we're hardwired in our very cells for a thing called eternity. And so so deep inside of us, when we're living, when we were designed for eternity, but we're living in this this phase, there's a cry that comes, there's a cry for forever that comes out in ways that you don't even realize. I don't even think sometimes we realize, you know, the tears of the mom with the wayward son. You know, those are cries for forever. The, the, the anger of the man who just was laid off, you know, those are, those, that's a plea for forever. The uh, silence around the casket of loved ones lost. That's a longing for forever. So see this, what what I want you to see today is so much of of the distress that we feel at what is, is really a, a hunger because there's eternity in our hearts and there's a sense of what will be. So that's why we're comparing it all and feel like it's cut short. The creator placed eternity inside of you. So understand something, um, a longing for eternity and, and, and the results of eternity, which would be paradise, perfection, God's righteousness, no tears, no sorrow, no regret. You know, just imagine that. Like, the, the longing for eternity doesn't, doesn't mean you're spiritual. It means you're human. Yeah. 
it really, it means you're human. And I'm not saying we all live with a consciousness or an intentionality towards eternity. In fact, I think the problem, I think the problem is we don't live with a consciousness of eternity. And I hope our series can, can maybe move us forward a little bit as we try to find, find, out, find our bearings. Uh, but as a prelude today, I, I want to talk about the nature of the creation. The nature of the creation is eternal. He put eternity in your heart. Your identity, not, get this, your identity, not as a believer of God, but a creation of God, is eternal. Whether you knew it or not, like it or not, chose it or not, eternity is, is part of your design. So he, that's wired inside of you when he made you. So if you're, if you're a human being, you're a forever being. There's, there's this thing inside of you. So this is not, you know, a matter of the fact of, it's first, I should say this way, this is first not a matter of fact of what you believe. It's first a matter of fact of who you are. Now, we'll talk about what we believe and what the Bible says and, and, and lay a foundation for that, but eternity lives and longs inside of us, and there is, there's no escaping it. There's no escaping it. So now here's the, here's the kind of like the contradiction. Uh, if you were to poll the average person today, I, I would say, um, you know, ask them whether they believe in the afterlife. I think our social media team and Wilson uh, put something together, just asking people about afterlife, asking people about eternity in heaven. Um, most will tell you that they believe in it. They, I, I do believe in eternity. I believe in an afterlife. As a culture, though, uh, I think we believe in eternity the same way we believe about God, right? It's most people say, oh yeah, I think, I believe that there's a God. We say we do, but you wouldn't know it from observing the way we live, right? And, and I, somebody was telling me like, oh man, you should see this reel that Wilson put together. He's asking random people down in Georgetown about eternity and you know, all these crazy things. I was like, you know it would be crazier if you went around church and asked that question because you'd probably get just the crazy responses, you know? Most people live in a constant state of eternity amnesia. We say we do, but if you watched us, if you observed us, if you looked at some of the decisions and values and judgments, you'd say, I, I, don't, I don't think you believe in eternity. Because the thought of eternity simply isn't a thought many of us carry around. At least not in a way that makes much of a difference. So we're eternal beings. But many times I think we've lost sight of eternity. We're eternal beings, and the larceny of eternity, like the, the theft of that from our worldview, it shapes more than we realize. It shapes a lot of things. Without eternity in the center of our thinking, uh, our picture of the jigsaw puzzle of life is, is missing something dynamic. And it's not just missing a detail of it, it's missing something big. You know, have you ever done a, one of those puzzles that's really detailed? Heather is into puzzles. I don't know what happened. I start watching birds, she starts doing puzzles. Guys, it's, it's entropy right before our very eyes. <laughs> Maximum state of disorder. It's like we're watching birds, we're doing lawn work, and we're talking about it like it's the best life. And so Heather is into puzzles, and uh, sh she puts all the puzzle pieces on the, the table in the kitchen. And what do you do? The first thing you have to do is perspective. Here's, here's the, uh, the inspiration 
and the planned direction of what this thing should look like. This is governing <laughs> every little piece is absolutely without context unless you have the big picture. The big picture gets you in the neighborhood so you can start sorting through the little pieces. And when we're missing the cover photo of eternity, when we're missing the eternal purposes of God, man, every decision is like, is this upside right? Is it upside down? Is it like, I could flip it over? I don't know. There's no bearings. There's no big picture. And so our lives, consequently, they're more difficult than they need to be. They're more confused than they need to be. They're more empty than they need to be. There's more chaos than there needs to be. And so there's consequences when we live with eternity amnesia, when we don't have eternal perspective. There's consequences. And I'm not usually like the, let's talk about the, the 12 consequences of, you know, I, I kind of like affirming, you know, like I used to always say like, redirection is better than correction, you know, and I do believe that, but sometimes you need correction, you know, and I believe we're living in an age where the church more than ever is saying, we want to know what the Bible says. We want to know, and we want to hear what God has in mind, because we just lived through several years of what life looks like when you build on the sand, and the storms come, and wash everything out, and people you thought were there, and, and even in your own heart, you thought you were there, and you found yourself going out to sea quickly. And so building on the rock of God's word is something that we have to do. So an eternal perspective helps me. Say it helps me. And I'll just give you five ways it helps you. Number one, it helps you when you're struggling with unrealistic expectations. It helps you when you're struggling with unrealistic expectations. Because our eternity amnesia, what we are doing is we're asking this present world to be what it never could be. Can't be it. C.S. Lewis once said, he said, if you're yearning for something that seems that is impossible in this world, you're probably yearning for something beyond this world. And so our, our unrealistic ex expectations, we want the here and now to behave like eternity. Because we're wired for it. We, we have this expectation and desire for it. And so behave. We want you happy. We want eternity ever after. And yet this present life won't comply. So we're disappointed. Because we approach life hoping that it'll deliver to us things that we will only experience in eternity. Right? Now, I'm believing by his stripes we are healed. So if you have an issue, we're praying for your healing. We're believing God because Jesus healed all who came to him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's no respecter of persons. So our expectation is, yes, God will heal. But guess what? If he doesn't, he still does. Because your healing might not be here. Perfect health might be in eternity. Right? So perfect faith, untouchable, untouchable, uh, perfect health, untouchable faith, and, and no tears, and no fears, and all the things that we long for in eternity, those are unrealistic expectations that, that will lead us to disappointment. But with eternity in view, we have real hope, even when we're hurt. 
We have real hope even when it's not worked out yet. We have real hope when there seems to be no resolution and no court of jurisdiction that we could go to find satisfaction because we understand eternity is where the wrongs are made right. Come on. What is broken will be fixed. What is bent will be straightened. What is dead will be resurrected. What is decayed will be destroyed. Come on, we have a hope that is beyond the grave. The promise of eternity does more than give you a hope for your future. It gives you grace to face what you're facing right now. Right? All right how else? Uh, number two, it helps me when I'm focusing too much on self. Man, selfishness is like, Man, don't sleep on selfishness. Can I just tell you, like, if you, you're like, oh, yeah, I used to have to work on selfishness, but it's not a problem anymore. It's still a problem. Let me just tell you. It's the root problem. It's the problem that's always there. You know, don't sleep on selfishness. It's, it's the root. Selfishness and pride is where it all began. And so focusing too much on self. See, human beings were created to live with something bigger in view than ourselves. And so bigger than this present moment's comfort or pleasure or preference or desire or happiness, it's bigger than me. And, but when I start living for me, a self-serving me, a me-centric life, you know, my me obsession, right? Uh, it never results in inner peace. It never results in contentment. It never results in satisfaction. And it's just like, it's, it's like you're chasing the, un, the uncatchable attribute through like peace, happiness, contentment, by serving myself. It won't happen. Eternity confronts me with the realities that, that really just transcend my momentary wants and feelings and needs. So it's, it, it confronts me when I'm in that place focusing too much on, on myself. Uh, let's go quickly. Now, number three, an eternal perspective helps me when I'm being controlling or I'm being fearful. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your roommate. Pro tip from the platform. Don't do it because God's got his magnifying glass and it, the Holy Spirit is working on you right now. It helps me when I'm being controlling on one end of the spectrum or fearful on the other end of the spectrum. And sometimes we are zero to 60 and 60 to zero very quickly. Why, why do we tend to swing from fear uh, and then to control and then back to fear? Because in eternity amnesia, we feel as if this is it. This is it. This is it. It's all riding on this, Right? But can I, can I encourage you? Uh, in eternity, you won't be lamenting the sale that you lost. In eternity, you won't be uh, wishing we had one more day to advance our career. In eternity, we won't be begrudgingly discussing the drama of the workplace. Oh, so unjust what they did to me. Right? We won't be discoursing about the time, you know, our boss yelled at us or our child didn't appreciate us. The early church fathers and apostles were martyred, killed, while singing and proclaiming the goodness of God through eyes of faith in eternity. 
Hebrews 13, 6 says, we can confidently say, I will not fear what man can do to me. Like, we, we live in fear of what man can do. We live in fear of what our job can do. We live in fear of what money can and can't do. We live in fear, and then we, we go to control and to manipulate so we can get those things. But peace in the world is found only when we live life with eternity in view. Like, what can man do to me? Kill the body? So what? It's, it's a blip it's not even a hash mark on the timeline of your existence. Number four, it helps when I'm questioning the goodness of God. See, if you don't understand God's plans, you start questioning God's character. And man, that's, I don't want to be there. Where you start going, well, I thought God was good. <sighs> All the time? No. Like... Life comes at you hard, my friends. And I was talking to somebody recently, and they were like, it's so hard. Just the shame and the guilt. And I said, well, you got to settle that. You got to let go of that. Don't act like God is hanging that over your head. That's not God's character. That's, that's something that you're, you're questioning the goodness of God because you don't understand his plans and purposes. He died on the cross to forgive your sin. There is therefore now no condemnation on your life. And oh, by the way, there's an eternity of purpose waiting for you. Why don't you just drop the backpack of issues that you've been expending all your energy in life trying to haul around all your childhood issues and all your offenses and all the, the things you wish were different and should have been different. Drop the backpack and start expending your energy to the purposes of God because eternity hangs in the balance. I, gotta, I can't preach. I have more points. Um, see, God's promises ultimately reach their, fulfill, their fulfillment in the world that is to come. Right? Without understanding, we feel as if we got hit with this cosmic bait and switch. You know, come to Jesus and everything will be great. Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, yes. Presently, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's peaks and valleys in there. But I'll tell you what, in faith, I'm, I'm always believing for peaks. I, I will never apologize for believing it's going to be blessing this time. It's going to be breakthrough this time. It's going to be restoration this time. I'll always believe for it. But I have a box to put the things that don't work out in. It's called ultimately in eternity. Ultimately. It works. We get it. You know, without that understanding, we feel as if, you know, where's the blessing? Where's the healing? Where's the wholeness? Well, let's keep contending for a miracle. But if it doesn't work out, we understand. His word is true. He is not a liar. And what we thought was the timeline for fulfillment is really just, you know, it's just a little blip. My, my son right now wants a, uh, he wants a new thing, a new device. My kids never want small, inexpensive devices. I don't know why. I mean, this thing is a thing. I can't even, I can't even, it's not even, it's such a thing. <laughs> Guys, it's like three times more than my first car. 
and this kid is 13, and he's asking for this thing. And I'm like, you're going to work for this thing. Work ethic, like dads of men, young men, like you teach them to work hard. And so I'm like, okay, this is the avenue. And he's like, well, can we order now? Can we get this week? Can we, you know, because his, uh, his idea of timeline of deliverance of the, of the asset requested is like right here. And I'm like, I don't care if it takes five years. <laughs> when this gets done and happens, then, you know, a good goal, a, a, a wealthy person told me one time, he said, Michael, you know how you tell a good goal from a bad goal? So what's that? He said, a good goal is work now, reward later. A bad goal is reward now, and then work it off. And I think, you know, we get a taste of God's goodness and God's gifts in this world, but the full meal is coming. And sometimes you feel like the hors d'oeuvre lady passed you by, and you're like, man, I I want a taste of the goodness. Where's the buffet? Well, we get a taste in the here and now, but that whole meal in eternity. Number five, we got we to gotta close this up. Number five, it helps me, eternal, an eternal perspective helps me when I'm acting as if life doesn't have consequences. Eternity forces me to face the fact that life has consequences. Choices have consequences. You know, you can believe whatever you want. And, and, and you can believe whatever you want to believe. And you can do whatever you want to do. And you can live however you want to live. But we will face consequences for our decisions. I mean, that's the reality that we just run from. And we just pretend like, oh, you know, this, this debt will never come due. Oh, yes, it will. Hebrews 9.27, we'll close with this thought. It says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. See, there's, the Bible is clear that the threshold into eternity is the thr- white throne judgment of God. That is the threshold where you step from time and space into eternity. There is life after death. And eternity is the ultimate reward or the ultimate consequence. Think about that. See, there's eternal reward. And we'll talk about, you know, casting our crowns before God and how eternity it's, it, it sends this picture of, of what some of the things we'll do in eternity. But it's not just the ultimate reward. It can also be the ultimate punishment. Because the day of reckoning is coming, and none of us will escape that. And you're like, ooh, this is, this is like fire and brimstone. It's reality. It's eternity. And it's something that we don't filter. And that reality can help us. The reality of eternity can help us and infuse us today with a seriousness that you won't find any other way. Can I tell you the truth? Most Christians, man, I, I, I'm usually like a really positive guy, but getting curmudgeon-y, I guess, my old age. Man, I see some of the things they say and do, and I just go, you're not a serious Christian. You're not a serious believer. Now, I understand. Like, that's just me being judgmental. 
because we're all on a journey and, you know, we have these moments where it's like, you know, God helps us and you're like, oh, I didn't know. And, oh, that, I'm convicted of that now. And now I'm making changes and I'm making, and, and God's grace is sufficient. We don't have to conform and act holy. His holiness is our holiness. But sanctification says as we get to know him and grow in him, we become more like him. And some of us are 20, 30, 40 years into that and some of us are a weekend. And so we, we have lots of room for one another, amen? But th- there needs to be a seriousness in our walk with God that says, you know what? Eternity is in the balance. And every thought and every deed and every is all going to be accounted for. That's a sobering thought. Eternity gets you on the page of going, you know what? My life is not my own. I will be accountable for the things that I decide to do in this life. And thank God for, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for when the scripture tells us that as far as the east is from the west, and when it tells us he chooses to forget every sin when we come to faith. He chooses, and you go, well, God is God. He doesn't forget anything. He doesn't lack the capacity to, to draw upon what we did. He could, he could remember any time. No, but it says he chooses to forget. And that's my hope. That God, you, I'm, I'm repenting. And, and I'm endeavoring to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that I can walk in the Spirit. And, get, and put some distance between me and some of those habits and me and some of those mistakes and me and some of those patterns because the guarantee of heaven is he chooses to forget those things we did. So when you come to church and you're like, oh, I'd like to worship, but you know, I kind of got this thing in my past. And God goes, really? I don't remember that. You mean to tell me? Oh yeah, God, I, I've got some skeletons in the closet. Really, I, I, I just, because when I look at you, I'm seeing you through the filter of the cross. And you know, when I'm looking through you, through the filter of Christ at you, I just, I don't see the skeletons. I don't see the missteps and the mistakes. I don't th- see the things you should have done that you didn't do and the things that you shouldn't have done that you did do. What I see is what Jesus did instead. And you go, thank God that he chose to forgive and remember them no more. But eternity, that filter, it gives you a seriousness. We sometimes live in the middle of a massive contradiction. You know, we're forever people. But sometimes we fail. We fail to live like we believe in eternity. So, I'll leave you with this thought. The eternityism that is hardwired inside of you. It, it collides with a nowism that is all around us. Now, now, now. That results in a lot of conflict. A lot of conflict c- collides with what we choose, how we spend our time, you know, uh, how, we, how we see others, how we serve others, how we handle disappointment how we carry on uh, and think about death. And most importantly, how we live life. There's a collision when we have an eternal perspective. Amen. I want to pray for you right now as we conclude. Just close your eyes right where you are. I want to pray for two groups of people. 
And I'm just going to ask that you don't move around. We can just hold for another couple minutes and we're going to get you on your way. With every eye closed in this room, I want to pray for two groups of people over at our Dulles campus, online campus. Maybe you're listening to the podcast right now. And I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit would just begin to work in our hearts. I want to pray for you if, if you're saying, man, I need that eternal perspective. I need to live life with a view of eternity. That's living life as it was designed to be. And living life as it was designed to be, it simply can't work without a view of eternity. You, he put eternity in your heart. He made you with eternity in mind. That's an inescapable identity. And so if that's you, Father, we just pray that all of us together over these next few weeks, God, you would give us an eternal perspective. We would live life in light of the eternity that you have for us. And that would, that would give us hope in the midst of disappointment today, but it would also give us prophetic purpose as we understand, God, that eternity isn't just a long time, it's foreverness. And the people that we love and the people that we serve and the people we build bridges for and the people that we reach out to and pray for and bring to church and the people that, that we're inviting in to become just, just to receive your grace. It's not just to give them a better life here and now. It's for all eternity. God, there's a seriousness that we need. And with every eye closed, I, I want to pray for one other group people today uh, that's for not just an eternal perspective but for eternal salvation the Bible says that you call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved the Bible says you will receive forgiveness that you never could earn to pay a penalty and a debt you never could have satisfied and I want to pray for you today that you would take a step into eternity you were made for forever this is your inescapable identity, but this is the invitation that we find at the cross. Life only works as it was meant to work when you live with forever in view. And how can you do that when your own sin is always before you? You're always feeling the guilt, the shame, the regret. But Jesus came to deal with that. And I want to pray for you. With every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand. And I'm not going to invite you out of your seat or try to get you to stand up. I'm not going to trick you into coming forward. I'm just going to pray a concluding prayer of dedication. And we're all going to pray with you to say, Jesus, you can have my life. Are you ready? We're going to lift our hands on three. One, Jesus loves you right where you are. But he, did lo he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Two, you're going to be a new creation in Jesus. It doesn't mean you're going to figure everything out. It doesn't mean you're joining this church. But it means you're saying, I need Jesus. And I'm taking a step towards eternity. Are you ready? One, two. Hands are already up. I love it. One, two, three. Hands up. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Thank you. 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 Anybody else say, yeah, just include me in that prayer, Pastor. This is a moment where you're inviting God to forgive your sins. And you're saying, God, I want to follow you. It's going to be a journey. You're going to learn as you go, just like all of us do. But this is a moment. And this is a moment not just of a first-time decision. Maybe you've made this decision before, but in your heart of hearts, you know, I'm not living like I should live. I'm not living with life, with eternity in mind. If that's you, just lift your hand too. And fresh start today. Fresh start. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Anybody else say, yeah, that's me. Fresh start. Praise God. 
You can put your hands down at all of our campuses and let's pray nice and loud all together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, and I surrender all I am, all I used to be, and all I hope to be. I put my life in your hands. Now say this boldly. I am a Christian. By grace I am saved. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we rejoice nice and loud with all those who just prayed that prayer? What a day to celebrate.